Welcome back to the Stock Market Options Trading Podcast. My name is Eric. I've got Brian Terry here with me, and we're going to be discussing some of the trades we're looking at this week and some of the uh, what's upcoming in the market, just to get an idea of what we're looking at. So, Brian, welcome back to the show. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks, Eric. I had a good weekend. Ready, ready to trade up till uh, Fed Day. Uh, yeah, yeah. Fed Day is the big thing this week. Um, I know. Uh, I know you. You're. You put on a couple of trades last week. Uh, you know, before we get into that, uh, I do want to talk about that CarMax trade you uh, you put on the site. Um, but just real quick, want to talk a little bit about what happened last week um, in the market. And mainly, this is obviously everything's around the Fed, right? We are, um, market's definitely hypersensitive. So last week, inflation came in. Um, it was actually a little bit high, but if you take out the food and I think fuel, it was a little bit low, so you know, relatively mixed. But, um, but the interest rate uh, hike decision is this week, and I think the odds are like ninety-seven percent that they're going to pause. So the market's sort of, I think, pricing in this pause. But the real news, of course, is going to be that afternoon press conference that Powell gives. So when when you start a week like this, what you know, do, what are your thoughts? Do you wait to enter anything, or do you kind of I know your trades are a little bit longer. So how do you approach a market when you have these weekly, you know, um, information sessions like the Fed stuff? It's really tough. So one of my things, I won't put any new trades on Wednesday for sure. Kind of my day off, no SPX, no, but I will look for some opportunities to sell either a dividend capture because it's in the money or just a straight, you know, a two-week cover call in the money to generate a good return. And also, I'll probably wait till after Wednesday to enter any new calendar trades just for earnings, just because, you know, it's really not the rate, um, the two o'clock announcement. It's really the 2.30 press conference that generally moves the market. So right. that's kind of kind of rules out most of the day because everything waits till two o'clock and then 2.30, all hell breaks loose. And it yeah. takes till 3.30 before the whipping, you know, kind of ends. So that's kind of makes it a, a hard, really hard day or high risk day to trade. Yeah, no, I agree. Since I I do zero DT, I've just kind of, I just don't even trade that day because, and I think Tasty Trade did a study um, where even without Fed days, they did some study around, um, I think it was, they usually do it on strangles. So like maybe like a butterfly that you don't really get a lot of that decay you think you're going to get until the afternoon anyway. So, you know, I've tried saying, hey, I'm going to trade in the morning maybe sell credit spread or condor or whatever, but you're because the market knows that that event's coming up, it's not going to release any of the value for those options. So it's it's just really kind of a waiting game. So it's just not even worth um, for me taking, taking a zero DTE at least, or obviously a one DT would would need to come towards the end of the day, but yeah, it's kind of a, get some popcorn and see what happens kind of. Yeah. I told my wife, Hey, Hey, Wednesday, we could go out to lunch because <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to be trading. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that, that's a good thing. I, maybe I should start scheduling all my doctor's appointments on that's, uh, that's it. <laughs> Wednesday morning. Cause it, it seems like every Wednesday there's something, something um, yep. Wednesday is the day, but uh, 
Tell me a little bit about your pre-earnings CarMax trade. You posted this on the site a few days ago. I want to say right. it was Thursday or Friday. Tell me a little bit about that trade and what the setup was. Sure. So I've been trading a, a strategy. I call it the pre-earnings trade. And what it is, is you try to identify a stock in a bullish pattern. Um, heading into earnings. So 10 to 14 days before earnings, I will do a calendar trade. I will generally buy the call, the at the money call 30 days out. Mm -hmm. So in this particular case, I used uh, the October monthlies. And then I will sell a call, same strike, different expiration for the expiration right after earnings. And the, and the basic uh, the thesis of that trade is that the stock's going to kind of generally move up slightly heading into earnings. But more importantly, on our short call, IV is really going to ramp up as we head into into the earnings date. So the goal will be really to make about a 30% profit on the trade or to close it um, right before earnings. So in this particular case, I've got about 13 days to go. Um, earnings are on 928 in the morning before the market. So I'll close this thing out on 927 or if I can net a 30% return on my risk. Right. So this is a, uh, and I, you know, I'm so rusty on calendars. Um, so when you say 30%, are you so this is a debit because mm -hmm. the farther call when you're buying um a 30-day call that's going to be more expensive than the one you're selling so this is a debit so what was the right. debit that you paid the for debit that? was 88 cents a contract and since it's a low okay. price stock so it was so i did you know several contracts obviously right. but so i paid 88 cents that is your maximum risk per contract which is a nice okay. thing to know and the uh, for example the short call is already up you know pretty pretty nicely so we'll just kind of wait and see let that iv continue to you know increase as we get closer to earnings and then just look to get out of the trade so i just think it's a nice way to trade um, good stocks or bullish stocks as they head into earnings. You take advantage of the increasing IV and the upward drift of most stocks as they head into earnings. Yeah. And I would imagine, you know, I, I'm not sure what, I don't have it up. Let me see. CarMax, KMX. <clears throat> so it's a $80, $82, is that right? Stock? Mm -hmm. $82 stock. So, right. but because you're selling, and I'm just thinking the cost to to trade this. You mentioned it was uh, 88 cents or 88 dollars right. to get in mm -hmm. this trade. So you're looking right. to make 30. percent um, So is is that typical? Like when you see higher price stocks, like if you did this on Apple or Tesla or something like that. Yeah. Um, how much? Yeah, I did one on Costco, um, C O S T, not right. too long ago, and I paid 4.15. For it, so that's okay. a you know much higher price stock, but still you know yeah, it's not in the five hundreds, yeah. So you know that kind of gives you the an idea of kind of what the cost would be. So somewhere between a dollar and five dollars is probably the um, right. Um, yeah, that's reasonable, and that that's a good. I think that's something small accounts can can handle, right? Like 
anything under five hundred dollars, you you know, and 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 it's slower moving, right? Because you have a couple it's very, weeks too. It's very slow moving. It's right. it's pretty much you just wait for you know either it to hit your target, which will be close. It'll be close to the earnings date, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean, it's pretty low risk, you know, because you it's a balanced trade. If it go if the stock goes down, your your short call is going to make money. Um, but again, so. That being an offsetting each other, it's really just a volatility play. Right. Gotcha. Very cool. Um, so you you posted, I think, yesterday on the site um, some of your your watch lists for the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what are some of the top ones you're really looking at to get into this week? <laughs> Let me see if I can find it real quick. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's all right. Okay. So I like um, STX. They have a dividend coming up on the 25th, and I and I wrote it up both as a you know a, a two week trade or a four week trade just so you can see kind of the difference. Um, surprisingly, I like GE as a dividend capture. It gives us a really nice rate of return with some good downside protection. And then I like Intel, Caterpillar, Apple, SLB. Uh, Cisco. I did a trade in Cisco on Friday. It's a dividend. I think it's a dividend capture. Um, but um, so those are some of the trades. It is a dividend capture. So uh, trades. And I what I'll try to do, Eric, is just post you know the top you know ones on the the site every week, just so people can kind of take a look at them and see which ones they tend to like. Right. Yeah. And what's cool about your watch list. It's not just a list of tickers. Um, and it, you have their, their, you have a whole kind of spreadsheet on this about, right. Um, I, I think the thing that interests me the most is that downside protection. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I look at some of these, uh, when I look at that column in your list, you know, some of these have 10 plus percent downside per, yeah. uh, protection. You have, uh, like you said, STX and Intel, A-Net. Crowd, is that, um, that, that's CrowdStrike, I think, and mm-hmm, right, SLB. Yep. I mean, a lot of them. So um, so that's a lot of, uh, I mean, 10% downside protection is, I think, a lot, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. The other thing that I added to this spreadsheet based on some feedback is I put down what is the expected move based on the option mm-hmm. chain versus how far in the money the you know, we are, um, I think that helps kind of give us a good idea of, okay, we could, we could go down, they expect it up or down four points and I'm eight points in the money kind of thing. So right. it gives me a lot of confidence that, you know, barring a greater than expected move, this trade should do just fine. So that column that says in the money, that's the number of points in the money it is? It's no... Yes, uh-huh, that's correct. Right, and then you have the expected move next to it. Oh, okay, I see. This is very cool. And then I um, add the credit so I can say, okay, I'm in the money plus the credit versus the expected move. Right, right. So in the STX example, you're in the money 1.75 points, but the expected move is three and a half. Mm-hmm. So, okay, gotcha. Very cool. Yeah, yeah so that, that's a lot of good information and this is why i wanted to have you on and and have you on more to talk about these type of trades because i think i think these are really good for people who 
um, you know, can't watch the market all day. You, you, you know what your risk is for the most part. And, and they're pretty, they're slower moving, like we, mm-hmm. like we mentioned. So that's very cool. Yeah. Um, so- I mean, this is a kind of a trade you could hold through earning. I mean, through FedEx on the FOMC meeting, because, right. of, you know, you, it's, we already know what the expected move is and everybody's platform is a little bit different in terms of expected move, but they're generally mm-hmm. pretty close. So uh, you can always adjust it to your plot. I know Thinkorswim and uh, Tasty Works or Tasty Trade are slightly different, but um so yeah. you know that's I use the tasty trade. You probably you could probably look at them on you know, and it changes too. So when I look at trades tomorrow, I'll update my expected move so that right. I can kind of know. Okay, now what's the new expected move? Gotcha. Yeah, you had Apple on your list. I, I so I took a chance on something different last week, and and I posted this on the site too. And again, for anyone listening. These are all in the the free group uh, at stockmarketoptionstrading.net if you want to see the watch list, anything we're, we're talking about today. Um, so I, recently I had Will Rind on. He, he's been on the podcast twice. I think it was the last episode. And he's the, the founder of um, Granite Shares, CEO and founder of Granite Shares, and they create ETF products. So they've been creating um, leveraged single stock ETFs. So if you want to trade in, obviously this is more for directional trading, but if you want to trade names like Apple, Meta, Baba, NVIDIA, um, Tesla, all all the big culprits, right. That, Mm -hmm. that were a lot of the options, you know, people, people want to get leverage and trade those names because they're so volatile. Well, they've created these single stock ETFs and he had one for Apple. And, um, so I, you know, I like to just buy stuff sometimes. I it, this is not a strategic play or it wasn't even really super thought out. Um and it and it I actually I, I don't know, we'll see what happens. There, there we had that rug pull last week where the market started going up and then I think it was um I don't know if it was Friday or uh yeah, Friday we had the the big drop. But um I bought some shares of Apple, their Apple leveraged ETF. It's mm-hmm. the ticker is AAPB. And basically Apple has, has, um, uh, let me bring up the chart. Apple's dropped a lot. Um, you know, however you want to, you know, spin it, if it's China or, um, slowing sales or whatever, but they, they've been down, um, a lot compared to a lot of the other names. So when the market on Thursday, looked like we might be heading higher. Um, Apple was in this kind of um, potential double bottom looking zone. So I bought some shares of AAPB and I put my stop below the recent low and I'm actually still in it and it's actually bouncing today a little bit. So, um, but have you, you know, I know we talk a lot about options here and getting leverage, but um, I wanted to mention that, you know, some of these ETFs that, that people yeah. can play if you're, you know, if you're more, it's probably more technical analysis. They have inverse ones too. So if you wanted to short Tesla with leverage or whatever, for those, uh, you know, uh, what would be a really cool thing, Eric, on that kind of a thing is to look at a gap trade, mm-hmm. you know, like if, if Apple gaps up, you buy the, you know, buy the shares. If Apple gaps down and you think it's going to keep going down, you buy the inverse. 
Mm. And, you know, and you don't have to stay in it very long at all, but uh, might take, you know, it's probably a pretty good way to short stocks like that, particularly after a gap in a short term hold. Yeah. If I was a long term, you know, we we talk about holding through earnings and things like that. If you're a long term investor in something, an Apple or a Tesla, I think these could be a good way to hedge an earnings Mm -hmm. event. Um, because like the, the, the Tesla one, for example, I think is they have a couple, but the, the highest leverage one is 1.75%. And if if, I'm not sure if the inverse one's like that, but regardless, you could buy a certain amount of those shares to hedge a downside move. Obviously, obviously just like buying a put option or something, if the market, if your stock goes up, you're going to lose on that hedge. So you still have to maybe kind of mathematically think about how you want to apply that if you want to hedge it all versus if you're, I mean, if you're smart enough to understand how to do a collar, that's still probably a decent hedging mechanism. But, um, but anyway, yeah. So I thought I'd mention that. This yeah, is, it's pretty it's cool definitely stuff. Not a recommendation. <laughs> I was just like, well, let me buy this thing. And if, you know, if the market bounces this week, great, but I have a stop loss in place. I'm kind of just letting it sit. And I, and I think I just like the idea of, of having, some of that directional exposure to something that you think might go, go up in the short term without options and without time decay and earnings and volatility. Like you really don't have to worry about that because everything's the leverage is baked into the product as opposed to, um, you know, having to uh, find a derivative to right. you know, like an option. So I thought, yeah, that was- it's very cool. I just definitely would not hold it long term because they always a lot of times those things rebalance and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. The, like I was going to maybe stay in it a week at the most, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, depending on what the market does. So I'm, I'm probably going to hold that and through the event this week. Um, and let me bring up the economic calendar. So today is Monday, the 18th. Um, the, yeah, the biggest thing on the calendar really is FOMC, their economic uh, projections, the interest rate decisions at 2 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, and then the press conference at 2.30. That's, like you said, probably where most of the action will be and on what Powell's, um, you know, thoughts are and questions or whatnot. And then you also have continuing jobless claims Thursday morning, and those have been kind of more important lately so that's something to kind of keep an eye on. And I think I think they come out every Thursday, but last week jobless claims came out and I think they were came in lower than expected, which is good news because you don't want the economy to um, be losing jobs. But that's also means that the Fed, um, the, the jobless rate or the jobs rate is probably going to maintain Therefore, inflation might still be sticky because, you know, it's like, it's like this good news, bad news thing. We're constantly in that. And then there is um, on, is that Friday, the 22nd, there's a Fed, Fed cook speech, which sometimes these, these other guys can cause um, some movement as well. And then some PMI services. So those are the main mm-hmm. um, events this week to look out for. Is there anything else you're looking at for the week? Even in terms of economic events, I think on Friday, we also get the uh, manufacturer and services uh, purchase P, PMI, 
which mm-hmm. kind of show gives a really good picture of is the economy expanding or contracting and right. if you ever look at the numbers kind of 50 is your kind of um mm. we're midterm and we're like right at the you know, a brighter above or below that 50 so i like to look at that on a yeah, friday it's it's saying 50.2 so we'll yeah. see if that dips or not this week yeah so i mean it hasn't it doesn't move a bunch but you know a big you know miss either way um, can can be a market mover, especially after Wednesday's FOMC rate decision. Yeah, so that's 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 the only other. It is a quiet week. There's not a bunch of earnings, so it should be other than uh, Mr. Powell's announcement and speech. It should be a relatively quiet week in terms of economic news and announcements. Yeah, so I think what the market really looked for is is if if they're gonna. Uh do another rate hike later this year. So we'll see what that happens uh, or see how they frame that on Wednesday. And I'm sure um, all the news outlets will be, you know, mincing the words and, you know, what changed in the Fed announcement. Exactly. I mean, what they also want to know is like, well, when will you start to decrease rates? Right. And they, Everybody knows he's not going to say or he can't say, but they're still going to ask it anyway. Yeah. Well, all right, Brian. I think that's a, a good start to the week. Thanks for coming on. I hope we can do this more and yeah. uh, I'll see you in the group. So anyone else who wants to come by and hang out and see what Brian and I are doing online, it's free. Stockmarketoptionstrading.net. And Brian, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Take care, Eric.